Ahoy thee, mateys. Welcome aboard the USS Mysterious Pals. My name is Chris, and today I want to welcome back again the rear admiral of my ship. <laughs> His dad called him the Kentucky Silly. You just call him Jordan. Jordan, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Rear admiral to your ship. I like it. Yeah. Always got the backside. Yep. Well, today we're going to be talking to Jordan about a, a mystery, strangely enough. Yeah, who'd have thought? And what can we do to get ready for this mystery? We need to get ready. Yeah. Turn the lights off. Do, do you, I've learned something this week, and I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's historical, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. weirdly enough, so you probably heard of it. It's a form of torture called scapism. Scapism, S C A P I S I S M. Scapism, yeah. Something like that. That's, that sounds right. Did you ever hear it? No. It sounds horrible. I don't know how many times. It's always like those things you see in movies about like um, torture and crap like that. And like, when I say torture, I mean like ancient torture mm-hmm. methods, right? You're like the Iron Maiden, which probably never used. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before. Well, that's a, uh, two episodes ago. Right. So this one, this is what got me interested in it, um, was the. Method of putting someone on a well, first off, you force feed them honey and milk, and then you cover them in honey and milk and put them on a boat and just float them out there on a lake. What? And then every day you bring them back to the same thing until they die. And basically, what happens is birds, bugs, oh. like just because you, you're tied down to a boat so you can't move. <clears throat> so basically, you're just out there in the middle of the sun, you're just baking, you're obviously. Not holding all that in. So it's just all piling up in the boat and they do it again the next day and they do it again the next day and keep force feeding you this that make apparently honey and milk is a very volatile mixture. It just keeps on going until you until your bugs and birds yeah. eat you to death or you bleed, I guess, bleed to death. I've, I don't n- I've never heard of that. Yeah. So apparently it was used in uh, Middle Ages, I guess. And uh, I, I don't know how many times it's ever been used, but it was a, actually a thing in the Middle Ages. Believe so. It might have been more of a, a certain part of the world. I want to say like Eastern Europe, maybe. I'm not. Again, I'm I'm going off of basic knowledge here, basic background here. Okay. But it was, a, I guess, it is a form of torture that was um, that has been noted throughout history, or is a part of history. No, thank you. No, that sounds no. like one of the worst ways to go. I in that in this other than like drowning or yeah, in this thing, I was there was some horrible ones in there like that. Those kind of cages they hung over the ocean and stuff, you know, that would obviously be terrible because you can't really move and you're in a cage. I mean, for Henry Avery's boys, right, whenever right, they right, kept yeah. after Pi- them. The pirates, yeah. Yeah, apparently that was a big thing in England uh, back a long time ago. But it sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. That would be awful. There's a man. lot of terrible oh ones. I mean, gosh. there's ones where they put you in a hole. Yeah. They just put you in a hole and you can't really lay down. You can only stand up. And they also just leave the other bodies down there. So you're standing in a hole with other bodies and it's just in the ground. So there's like water going in there Ugh. and like they're not really feeding you or anything and you can't lay down. You're just kind of propped up against the wall. I remember hearing, um, I think it was, it was, I don't know if it was at Guantanamo Bay that we did this, but we, uh, for prisoners that were interrogating, it was bla- they would blast, was it Britney Spears or something like that? It was music, apparently. They also make you 
Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, it was music, but like I, I could have sworn one of them was like a Britney Spears song just on loop over and over and over. I'd or, imagine or something, something like, like that. that. There's also where I they, I think it was at Guantanamo. I think there's also one where they made you like, instead of like fully kneel down, you're kind of in that haunt, like crouch position. Oh, I, I guess that's another ooh, way. Ooh. Cause it's not going to kill you, but yeah. like it's, it's not very comfortable. So hmm. there are terrible things out there in the world, but we're also going to talk about another terrible yeah, thing yeah, in the world. Speaking of uh, torture today, we're going to ask a question. Who was Jack the tickler? No, sorry. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Now he not was Jack the tickler. I forgot my glasses. Yeah. The <laughs> Ripper and Tickler, the same words. <laughs> uh, Jack Ripper was around in 1888 during the Victoria area in London. So during this time, there's advancements in science technology. Uh, the biggest thing is the Industrial Revolution was part of this. This greatly helped Great Britain's economy, which because of this industrialization brought in a big influx of immigrant workers. Uh, but specifically when we're talking about Jack the Ripper, we're dealing with Whitechapel, which is in London's East End, kind of near like uh, near the like London docks. Okay. Do you know what the uh, three forms of production are? Forms of which, production. For man- manufacturing. Oh, oh shoot. Um, not off the top of my head. I, I knew this at one the, point. What is What are they? Well, the first one, well, the second one's mechanization, which was the Industrial Revolution. Okay. And then the first one would be you know, using our hands, human power. Oh. Third one is total auto- uh, autonomy or automation. So what are the three forms of production? Production, produce, uh, produce okay. goods okay. and services right, right. or produce gotcha. goods okay. was, you know, human power where we just were cutting down trees ourselves. Then yeah. we had a chainsaw and then we're gonna have a robot go out and cut down that chain, that tree ourselves, which is what mm. currently is happening in our society. And we're going through an automation revolution. Definitely are. I don't think people would really know it until, like, I think with the Industrial Revolution, they wouldn't know they were in the Industrial Revolution. It's not like this is one of those things where, like, we don't really know we're in that time until they get far enough away and they're like, hey, this is, like, the information age. Yeah, it's, you know, a, it's, a, gr- it's a gradual thing. Yeah. I'd imagine, right? It's not like all of a sudden one day, like, hey, I'm working in a factory. How did I get here? It's like a gradual thing, like, like, like with the assembly line and stuff like that. Like, yeah. It happens over time. So, again, we're in 1888, Victorian uh, era London. I'm sure most people know about Jack the Ripper. Or have heard his name, at least. Of course, yeah. I've heard Jack remember. I have no idea what happened. Yeah. So it's a series of murders. Uh, I didn't know this. It's called. It was called the Autumn of Terror. Autumn of Terror. That's a pretty rad metal That's band, a band name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a metal band Or name. a really good album by a really rad metal band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Gruesome Killing Spark National Fear. Letters written by Jack the Ripper, uh, who had intimate knowledge of the murders, were sent to the police and newspapers, taunting the police. When I say intimate, supposedly had firsthand knowledge of some of the murders that took place. And one of the reasons why this is such a national or not national international thing to this day is he was never caught. Is it kind of like the Zodiac killer type of thing? Almost exactly like that. Yeah. Where they wrote the, some with letters. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, so the, I know the, nothing about the Zodiac it. did like the, the cryptograms, which I think we've talked about before. Like he'd send in the newspapers, uh, cryptography or something like that, where like it's simple, certain symbols mean certain words. And yeah. basically he was taunting the police. Jack uh, Ripper. Was writing letters to the police. He's writing letters. It was they weren't they weren't didn't use cryptography or cryptograms or anything. But it was like we're English thing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Now these, so ba- these are heavily these are heavily uh, considered or heavily uh, scrutinized. Scrutinized. Thank you. A lot of them think they're they're hoax. The, he wrote, apparently like the police and the newspapers got 200 letters during this time saying people claim they're Jack the Ripper. Uh, there's three big ones that uh, are considered most notable. 
I mean, the, they're in Victoria, England. There's nothing really going on. So it's like you just write some letters because you got nothing. <laughs> nothing like literally nothing else. Go- you're either going to go to work, you're going to die. Right. Like, I mean, there's really nothing <laughs> else going on. <laughs> right. And especially in this, this particular area. Where white, so it's Whitechapel, 1888. Uh, the population around the time is around 80,000. It's mostly working class, uh, but it had huge issues with overcrowding and poverty. So a lot of it's very low income kind of area. A lot of people. People, a lot of people resulted a crime just to stay, stay, stay alive and survive, like petty thefts, robberies. Uh, a lot of women went to prostitution just to support themselves. People are a lot of people are like living in like they call them like lodgings and like sharing rooms with other people. It's kind of like the uh, basically living day to day. It's like that. Please, sir, I might have some more. Is, is that the same? I think it was, was that the it? it might have been again. Yeah. It wasn't that wasn't Listen, Whitechapel. That was yeah, Charles Dickens. What uh, that we established. Dickens, I know I nothing Charles about. Charles Dickens was around this time. Not a, oh, Charlie D. D. I have no idea who Charlie <laughs> D. is. I mean, I've heard the name. Charlie, good old Charlie D. Charlie D. Writing that stuff up. Right about is the that po- the guy that? Right about the poor boys. That's the, the is orphans. that the guy that wrote all the Maybe plays? He, he did Great Expectations, right? Did you Great Expectations? How would I know? That? I have no idea who that person is. Great Great Expectations. <laughs> He, oh, it sounds I, like a bad I, I, movie. I, well, it was a bad. They did make a bad movie. Actually, I liked the movie they made in the nineties. But oh, it was uh, a nineties movie like a like a well, they, like yeah, a rom com. Jennifer was Jennifer Aniston. No, it? it was uh, Ethan Hawke. Oh well, come on, Ethan. He was good. Robert De Niro was in it. Gwyneth Paltrow was in it. I liked it, but a lot of people crapped all over. They had other iterations before that because this is you know in the nineties. If you don't have Jennifer Aniston, you can go to hell. I don't think. Or wait. This this came out when Friends was out. I know that because I think it came out in like 1995. But I don't think she was at the height. You know, she would, might not have been like sought after just yet in Hollywood. <laughs> I don't think she's. I don't think she's sought after. Hell, I don't even know this. Um, <laughs> Jennifer. Yeah, Anderson. I think Charles. Pretty sure Charles Dickens is a great expectation. Charlie D. Yeah, good old Charles. Charles D. Wait, well, then what's all? What's the the do with the Oliver little Twist. boy? Is that, that yeah, 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 also, yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. so that, that is it. I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Pretty sure that's Charles Dickens. Already more I do. Oh my goodness, this is uh... literature. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't give couldn't give any less of a crap about literature. <laughs> so since there's overcrowding, mass overcrowding, poverty, uh, a lot of, there's a high, extremely high crime rate, and tons of prostitution going on in this area. Uh, there was like I said earlier, there's a large large amount of immigrant people coming around here, mostly Jewish. And Irish, I guess the Jews were having some issues um, in Ukraine because they were anti-Semitism over the fact that there was an assassination attempt on the Czar in Russia, and all this anti. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, a Jewish person did it," and all this anti-Semitism aroused from this. Uh, so a lot of people left. There's all these like harsh things put on on the Jewish population. I know it sounds familiar. You know, obviously like World War II and the Nazis, but uh, a lot of them left and came to England for a better life. Um, obviously, not living a great life in this place, but they came here for work. Same with same with Irish folk. This is the late 1800s. 1888. Yep. Okay. The reason I meant like the, the, these immigrants is because a lot during this time there's a lot of um, xenophobia was a thing. People like having unfavorable views of immigrants and other people from other areas. So this is this is only during that time. Only in this has only ever happened during this time. Okay, so this is never like never happened thing. again. Never it's before. Only, yeah, okay. Never happened. Yeah. So the reason I bring that because xenophobia and also like when we want to get into 
uh, when we talk about some of the suspects, I think a lot of it has, has to do with uh, people who are either Jewish or Irish because these people weren't really liked very well during this time. Okay, so... A lot of prejudice towards... Is this the guy that does the haircuts and like kills them when he when he cuts their hair? Oh, uh, oh, uh, there is no. Well, there is a guy that's sus- suspected he was a barber. Yeah, that barber guy. Uh, but you're thinking of um, Johnny Depp played him. Johnny. <laughs> Never saw the movie. Couldn't care less. But movie, I know it was, it was based screen. on a play. It. Yeah, it's based on a a famous play. So my my yeah. my uh vis- my like my how I remember modern culture or how I see modern culture remember it is through commercials. Okay. Never watched most of the movies. Couldn't care less. Sweeney Todd. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. 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 Couldn't care less about most of the literature. <laughs> Commercials are how I, I view the world. But go ahead. So from 1888 to 1891, uh, there were 11 murders that happened. Again, this is, murder is not an uncommon thing, especially during this time, this area. But how these murders were committed, the brutality of them. Eventually, people start thinking, oh, these are linked to one person or it's just a serial killer or serial killers, like a group of people doing this. Because it was a common thing that they, between all There's of them. There's a thread, yeah, a common yeah. thread of like how, what happened to the bodies, the brutality of them, how gruesome they were, grisly they were. But only five are believed to be committed by Jack the Ripper himself or their self. Some poses out there. Some Jack the Ripper poses at this time? Uh, Yes. But there, we will. There is an argument that we'll go to this later that Jack the Ripper might have actually been Jill the Ripper. Nice. That's why I say I don't want to say he nice. necessarily, but nice. But only five are, are actually generally accepted or believed to be committed by Jack the Ripper. They're, they're known as the canonical five. Uh, all the victims' bodies are found in a relatively small area of Whitechapel, clustered within a few miles of one another. Uh, the crime scenes were within walking distance of each other with distances varying between one to two miles. So all very close proximity, these these murders happened to one another. What does White Chapel look like? Is it like a densely populated, like industrial it's area? Very densely populated. Uh, I know it's near the docks. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily it's industrialized. It's a lot of like older house, like housing. There is like, there is a middle class. There's a small, I remember looking at a map. There is a small like area that's upper class, but it's mostly just when you picture, when you have that picture of your eye of like England uh, back then, it's like with the fog and like cobblestone roads. It's like houses don't necessarily might not look that Picturesque, great. I would say. Yeah. But like in a bad way, <laughs> in a, kind of in a bad way. Okay. So negative picturesque. Yes. Yeah. From, from, what I, from what I understand. But it, yeah, so they're all within one and two miles of one another, but it's hard to say exactly where pinpointed where the bodies are actually found. Uh, but it's generally that all five of these people of the canonical five, they're all women. That's generally they are prostitutes. So the reason I bring that up is because that could obviously might play into the motive of why this person is doing this. Were all eleven prostitutes? The the tech like the 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 five were. Then these are some kind of like debate over if all five are actually prostitutes because some of them did other like jobs, but not all eleven were. Their side hustle was prostitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 there was a lot. There were eleven were doing side hustles. Some were like selling flowers. Some were um, assistants doing other things. But like, it keeps being brought up that they were prostitutes for better or worse. 
Uh, As if that is, we're not saying that that this makes is someone thing. not a person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's just like, it's, but it, they're, they're, gets brought up again and again because they use that as almost like a motive, as, as a motive of like trying to understand who Jack the Ripper was. Justification. Justification of what okay. he's doing as part of his modus operandi. Did I say that right? I, we butcher a lot of words, but luckily I didn't. I don't think I butchered that in two. The English words we don't yeah, butcher. Yeah, two. We're doing Jack the Ripper. We <laughs> yeah, can say that a Russian and most word. Of, yeah, we can't most say of these names. So again, the, there's there's it's called Canonical Five. These people, when we were believed, they were definitely done by Jack the Ripper. Number one was Mary Ann Nicholson. Her body was found on August 31st. So through all this, okay, I gave you guys a background. We're gonna do a timeline of when, like when these bodies are found, some eyewitness accounts. We'll go through those, and then we'll go through some like uh, theories of who the Jack the Ripper was done by contemporary people of the time, like who the police thought, the newspapers thought were Jack the Ripper, and then some that were kind of floated uh, out out there during more modern times by scholars and people who are considered ripperologists. Some of them are like super far fetched. Ripperologists is that an actual term? It is, yeah. Ripperologist. If just, I could have just to that, show like how big of a thing this like Jack the Ripper is. If I could have that on my like door, you know, like my or like on my <laughs> desk, Ripperologist. Ripperologist. So Marianne Nichols, she's the first one. She uh, died on August thirty first, same time her body. So again, keep in mind, so this is a very dense area of Whitechapel. There's a lot of alleyways, but like everyone's basically on top of each other. So, and there's another fascinating thing with Jack the Ripper. When he or she committed these murders, they're done in, in the public. But all but one in the public, as in outside, just regular on the streets, outside, on the streets, maybe in an alleyway. But they're you know these in areas they're always done late at night, but the people are out and about still. So that kind of goes into like what this person was capable of doing. Had they have knowledge of like certain things that they end up doing to these bodies? Goes to show like this person would have to be quick at what they're doing and know what they're doing. Okay. So the execution would have been quick. They knew exactly how to do it, when right. to do it, where to do it, like the locational yes. area. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't doing like out in the middle of the street. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh my God, look at that guy. I ripped that person. Yeah, because the way they, these things were done, like how these women were found, organs were removed. They were basically almost dissected, disemboweled. Someone would have to, like generally the, the idea, the consensus is by historians and the police at the time that like this person has to have an idea of a person's anatomy or anatomy in general, how to get to these certain parts of the body. So right. in my mind, I'm when I'm thinking about this, <clears throat> when I'm visualizing, you know, when you're painting me this, this portrait, yeah. I've always thought of Jack the Ripper as a, you know, you know, those guys that can rip uh, phone books and phone him? books. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a, the black leotard, like the big mustache yeah, yeah. guy. I imagine Mustachio someone going up in the man. going up in the street and just like grabbing someone and like ripping them like a phone book and then because like rip them. Yeah, I wonder if they ever look for like a bodybuilder for these things or just do something like that or like, like yeah. I mean, they, were they ripped in half? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, cut cut in half almost, but because I mean, this is the time. I, I but imagine people doing those exercises where they had like the big rubber band thing, the machines, just like really doing exercise for like shortly. I think a little bit like 10, 15 years after that. But like, remember you see those like old timey yeah. like. Things are like tossing medicine balls. They have like unitard on and like there's the machines that are just like shaking yeah, them around. Like the, the good this is, era this is of after workouts. This, yeah, 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 before yeah. it got all weird in gyms nowadays. So when you say that's what, that's what I'm picturing is those guys like that are just like, ha, ha, ha. Riding the big bike with the one wheel on the front <laughs> yeah, and the yeah, small wheel on the back. Yeah. yeah. So Mary Nichols, first murder. 
Hold on, that just shows that most of our visions of that most of our well shared vision of the past comes from Family Guy. Family in some Guy ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's because right, there we a, go. That's a gym scene. Yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah, literary movies, literature movies. <laughs> couldn't remember thing. that. Couldn't remember all, any yeah, that yeah. crap. You tell me a Family Guy. I'm up, I'm up on it. Good. <laughs> so she's she's seen it about an hour before her body was found. Uh, she was meeting with a friend. She goes out to make some money to cover her rent. This was late at night. Two men, Charles Cross and Robert Paul, found her body around 3.40 a.m. outside of a gated stable entrance. This is, this is, so I, like, I laugh when I read this. It's, it's so messed up, but I think it just kind of character, perfectly characterized the time. All right, so these men find the body. Uh, the fight that, despite the fact that they still believe she's breathing, they decide to leave because they don't want to be late for work. <laughs> Agreeing to tell. Wait, she's still breathing. They think she's still. So I, I've seen mixed things. Either she's still breathing, or she. They still think she's conscious. But she disemboweled. They they don't. They're so their account when they first see the body. Again, it's three forty in the morning. I'm assuming they think they don't. They don't. The account of what they saw at first is not realistic. Not given. Okay, at least from what I read. But they want to be wake, late for work. They're like, oh, if we see a police constable only, we'll tell the police. But hey, this is bloody corpse over there. She's probably still breathing, yeah. but I got to get to work. But bro. they re- realize her skirt had been pulled up, so they pulled it back down for decency reasons. So they're, they are kind of gentlemen about it, you know. <laughs> they pull it down, but they don't say, hey, are you okay, ma'am? Do you want us to stop the they're like, we got, bowels they're like, coming? Like, like, we got to your... get to work, man. We got shit to do. So I was like, I read that. I was like, I laughed, but I was just like, that's super messed up because this poor woman's dead. But I was like, is that shows like the mindset of some of these the people during this time because i feel like this is a random thing you see like you constantly see someone pass on the ground because alcoholism was kind of ramping around this time especially in this, in this like you oh know. like sleeping one off and yeah, then, yeah 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 because yeah. again this is a lower income kind of thing that people are like have tendencies to find vices to deal with their everyday you know problems man, back in the 1800s you could do whatever the hell you wanted so it seems that way sleep I mean, wherever you want Jack nowadays the they're like hey man get out of here but they do eventually find a constable and they report what they saw. Uh, but then another constable had already discovered the body. So autopsy happens. Uh, it's conducted by Dr. Reese Ralph. Oh, man. I'm a... Lou... Come <laughs> on. Lou Lynn on August 31st, 1888. Uh, he indicated the following details about her injuries. Throat slashing. Nichols' throat was deeply cut from left to right. The incisions, two of them, were so severe that they nearly severed her head off her body. But her dress was pulled down, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, but she's decent. Yeah. Uh, abdominal mutilation. Uh, her lower abdomen was mutilated with a deep, jagged wound causing her bowels to protrude. So that's what I understand. Like, you think the guys would have seen that? Like, if they come up to her, like, if they're that, getting that close enough to, like, pull, like adjust her skirts or, you know, her... her I mean, it's dark. Areas. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, what do they have streetlights? They're, they're... Yeah, they're like... Uh, like the, the street lights, but they're the all gas lamps. Gas lamps, yeah. So, you. I mean, yeah. how much light comes off a gas lamp? Not a lot. Especially in dark. It's not like they're going to put one of these up. Every, like, it's not like today right. where, like, you drive through, Amer- in America, you drive through every light, every building is on. If it's a, again, because they don't want to get sued. Every parking lot has every single light on. Every every store has every light on the inside so they can see everything. Right. You know, the cops can drive by and they can see people. Yeah, so run. no one gets attacked. Right. Like, well, you know, for you know so, like this. like, this time they're like, they probably are like, Whatever we're not yeah. well, people need to sleep too. They want some bright street light out front out front of their window. <laughs> but again, it's just the street light is a gas lamp. Yeah, 
I, hey, you know what? Uh, how about this? Well, and, I, and I think with those gas lamps, the amount of light they're giving off is only in that right. general right. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like it's diameter. They probably saw her. It probably looked like she was sleeping yeah. one off. They pulled her dress down. Right, but didn't know that maybe on the dark side. So number three, though, uh, her lady area had been stabbed a few times as well. So that, I feel like they might have seen that since they were so close to that general region to pull the skirt down. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they just like did a quickly thing like, all right, like we got to get to work, man. Let's like, we we're helping go. her out here. Yeah, we're doing the right thing by you know, not making sure she's still alive, but like she seems alive. We'll just tell someone along the way that would, hey, there might be a someone in trouble down down here. Do you know who would light those gas lamps and then help people at home? Do you know what they're called? No, it's orphan boys called Link Boys. Oh, really? Yeah, Link Boy is the one who went around and lit the lamps and also helped, and then would charge people to walk them home safely, even though it's like or to no direct kidding. them home. I didn't know that. With like a with like a lamp, like he'd be like, "Oh, yeah, let me yeah, take yeah. you home, sir." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's called a Link Boy. I never knew that. Again, I know a lot of dumb crap, like useless that's information. Really cool. I can't tell you who Oliver Oliver Twist was. Char- Charlie D is, or yeah, <laughs> Mister Dickens was. <laughs> did he write a poem called "Narrow Fellow in the Grass"? I have no idea. He might have did tell to because that was that was on an episode of Beavis and Butthead back in the day. Ooh. That might have been a different poet. I don't know. Is Charles Charles Dickens a poet? Or was he a literary genius guy that I'm like totally butchering I his think, life? I don't know if he did poetry, but I definitely do. He did like great, like sort of great again novels or was a and butthead episode about something, some poet. I don't know. Uh, she also had bruises on her face and was missing five teeth. The teeth thing. I don't know if she like. That was part of, of of the attack, or she just generally might have been missing five teeth. I mean, it's eighteen hundreds. It's not like a dentist. I mean, dentist was also like yeah. wasn't a dentist like the guy who delivered the baby, like he was a doctor, like he was the butcher. I think. Well, I think yeah, yeah. Like in the barbers used to like let out blood. Yeah, bloodletting because of like for like headaches and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they're like oh, we'll just let you bleed. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's some leeches. Up. Yeah, no cure your migraines. People say things are so hard now, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. "You have these jack of all trades doing professions." Like, "Hey, you need a haircut?" Oh, yeah, yeah. You need me to let out some blood? Yeah. Did yeah. we talk about the prostitute hospital in France? No. This is so off topic, but of probably not. It's probably later. But there was this hospital in I think it was the early 1900s in France, and it was a pros- there was a prostitute hospital, a hospital for prostitutes that would deliver for delivering babies, mm-hmm. and there was a hospital for Rich people, like richer for delivering babies. And there's a huge mortality rate in the prostitute hospital. Oh, yeah. And people are like, some doctor when it was like, hey, if we if we wash our hands and put our gloves on, it's not going to, it's not, it's going to help people. So then he started well, doing that. I do remember that. hearing about a doctor yeah. who did that, like, hey, we should probably wash our hands. And then so, this, like, so then he started doing that reasons. when he delivered babies and the birth rates start, like that's the death crazy. rates went down. And then he told people about it and they were like, get they, the hell they out they of here. They for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, they yeah, got yeah, kicked right. out okay. and then they just went back to normal. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know it was like they had to deal with like prostitution hospitals. Uh, yeah, I do remember hearing about that. They just wash your hands. Or put on a pair of gloves. Yeah. Or it wasn't, it wasn't until like the 50s they were still smoking in the in the, in the, in the hospital. <laughs> like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Wash your hands, put gloves on, stop smoking. Yeah. Weird. Prostitutes. Prostitutes, here we go. Number five, coming at you. Here's how there wasn't much blood found considering what was done to her body. This led the uh, person conducting, uh, conducting the autopsy to believe that most of this was done post mortem, like after she had been died, like after her throat had been cut. Because <clears throat> she's still alive, blood still pumping, I'm assuming. I don't, I'm not like a scientist or doctor or anything like that, but like 
I'm assuming the blood's still pumping because she, she's alive and you're like doing all these things her blood would be splattering everywhere. I, that's what I'm gathering from this. But this guy knows better than I do. I don't know anything about blood or splatter. Uh, but she is believed to only been dead for 30 minutes. Whenever what? At this, when, the, when the body was body was found. Okay, when the guys found him or when, when the, the guys, cop found her? Well, when the guys found her. Okay. So that's August 31st. 1888. Marianne, yeah. Marianne Nichols. September 8th. So about a week later, Annie Chapman. She's last seen by Elizabeth Long, who's on her way to work. Claimed to see Annie at 5.30 in the morning with a man. 30 minutes before her body was discovered. The man's back was towards Elizabeth, so Elizabeth couldn't get a good, good view of what the man looked like. But she hears a man ask, will you? And Annie replies, yes. Annie Long didn't actually know who Annie was. She just, like, prior, after, sorry, not prior, after Annie's death, newspapers are, like, released. She sees the pictures, or I think the police are interrogating people, questioning people. She's like, oh, yeah, I saw that woman. Like, she, this is not something that she actually knew, but, like, just after the fact. And then she was last seen by someone who who knew her around one thirty, but she was last seen by someone who knew her around thirty. So this woman saw her five thirty with this man, but she was last seen by someone she actually knew by at one thirty. Is that the boarding house she was at? She left to make more money in order to be able to keep her room. So there's a common thing where like I have to go out at night work, make some money because again they're living day by day, paying trying to pay rent every day to like stay survive survive yeah yeah. So they're just trying to survive yeah. Right around the same time at five thirty a.m. when this Elizabeth woman uh, saw. So we saw Annie interacting with a man. And Albert Kadosh, who lives close to where Annie's body was found, hears a woman yell, no. Followed by the sound of something falling on a fence beside his house. So he went out to go, apparently went to go to his outhouse to pee. Oh my God, an outhouse would suck so bad. <laughs> and, there was, and again, these are all like, these aren't like big houses, like narrow. Are these apartments? Both of them are apartments, yeah. Like just okay. you're, you're living on top of one another, and you have an you probably house only still? have you probably have like a single room. But I think this guy might have actually his own house. 18. But like when you say house, it's not like his grand thing. So apparently, his outhouse is in his backyard. We shared a fence. Another side of the fence was where Annie was seen by that Elizabeth lady with this man, and they're having this conversation. He says, "Will you do this?" And she says, "Yes." And then shortly, right around the same time, he hears a woman yell, "No." Followed by something falling on the fence beside his house. Falling on the fence. Yeah, like something was like smash, like as through if the bu- fence or on it. On it, as if like someone had like fallen over on the fence. Okay, because you fall on a fence. I mean, yeah. unless someone throws you on the fence, or you fall out of a window on a fence. Are we just talking about like, like a, as if like something just like a sack of potatoes is like okay, got it, dropped, or like fell back onto the fence. Gotcha. Her body was found by John Davis around six a.m. John Davis lived in an apartment. Not like right or like not far from there. Getting up to go to work. Found found the body. A leather apron was later discovered nearby in a water bowl next to a water tap. So one of the before was it Jack the Ripper got the, that moniker Jack the Ripper. People were using le- leather apron. I think because of this. They were calling him leather apron? Yeah. There's like a white it was called a Whitechapel murderer. Leather apron. L.A. L.A. Jack the Ripper. What you up, boy? <laughs> Rip so it up. The autopsy conducted by Dr. George Batch, Batchter Phillips. And this guy does a couple other, not pr- the f- primary, he doesn't do the first autopsies, but he takes part in other bodies that were found later on. So he's one of the, he's, this guy's one of the people who are just like, no, 
these later murders that happen after the canonical five can't be Jack the Ripper. See, based on what he's seen with a lot of these other bodies that happened during this time. Okay. So he, he's yeah. the one who kind of was like, this is his modus. Yeah. Some, some are like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the, he's one of the people who are just like proponents of like the, the, these five are only Jack the Ripper. The later ones, although gruesome, had some similarities. These can't be the same person doing it. So this guy, this guy happened. He Dr. came around on this one, this yeah, murder. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the, yeah. So, but again, he gets to see like he has access to seeing these other files and reports because like police are coming to him. Like, do you see any like patterns? Like, like because some most of what they're doing is part of the autopsy is right then and there. But then they take the bodies back to the morgue to do like further examinations. So, he, what is his job? He's a coroner. Okay, this so this I, guy, I believe like whatever that would be would have been considered during this back, in back the then, yeah. And this is the second murder. The second murder, this is the first one he's doing though. Okay. Uh he gives several details. Throat slashing. Chapman's throat was slashed deeply from left to right, twice. Similar to uh the pattern that was on Mary Nichols. Left to right too. Bruise of the face and two bruises of the size of a man's thumb on the chest. Abdominal mutilation. Her abdomen was mutilated extensively. The killer made several deep and jagged incisions, moving part of the stomach and part of her small intestines. Both were playing around her, usually like around her shoulders, like above her. What? What's above her? Her small intestine and part of her stomach. But this is in a yard. This is in an alley. Where's the fence? In the alley? Yeah, the fence is here. So the, yeah, the alley fence. The guy's backyard outhouse. Okay. We need to get make you know, boom boom. Uh, section of her bladder, uterus, and vagina were removed. The cutting instrument used was not anything large, but a knife, possibly a surgical one. There were indications of anatomical knowledge. For those that are listening at home, Jordan just gave me a little finger gun whenever he said <laughs> surgical knife. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, so again, this might be the, the first time that the, the, the moniker is given to this killer because there's... Clearly, some kind of similarities going on here. Leather apron, I think, because of what the leather apron was found nearby. This guy did this in the when the when the fence got hit. Mm-hmm. How much longer was it until the guy went to the bathroom? With a matter of minutes, because the when the that when Elizabeth who who saw uh, Annie yes talking, she said she heard the chiming of some local like church bell, which meant five thirty in the morning. The guy who went up to the bathroom was a matter of like seconds or within a minute. Then he heard the woman yelling, no, and then the fence. How did he do that this quickly? So wait, within a minute, he was able to hit. She said no. She was disemboweled. And then. Well, her body, that's the thing. Her body, her body wasn't found. Her body was found. I'm trying to see what time. 6 a.m. So he could have, he could have. Cut her, he could have this. So when the guy going to the bathroom heard this, he could have thrown her up against the fence or had just cut her, her throat, keeping her from talking. So again, within maybe within 30 minutes, he did all this stuff. Okay. Probably quicker. But not outside? It was outside. Okay. So he did this all. Like, like in an alley by, yeah. So this is the second time this, that there's a string that they're starting to see a pattern, both done outside. So then remember I said there's like letters being written? Yes. So the first letter arrives September 27th, 1888, 19 days after Annie Chapman's death, after the death of the second woman. It was received by a local newspaper, the Central News Agency, which was then sent to the police. It reads, 
I when I was when I was doing this, I was like, I want kind of want to do this in like an English accent. And then you're like, oh wait, I was like, no, <laughs> maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> but what, it's the thing. So, all right, I'm gonna read this to you. You tell me what you think. Okay, let's go. All right, giddy up. This, this onward. This is known as the dear boss letter. It says, dear boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I've laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. The joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I'm down on whores and I shall shan't quit ripping them until I get ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You'll soon hear me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I cannot use it. Or I can't use it. Sorry, there's a brutal, very bad grammar. Oh, weird. Yeah. So I'm just, my, it's my brain trying. Red, red ink is fit enough. I hope. Ha ha ha. Next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give give it out straight. My knife's no night. My knife's so nice and sharp. I want to go to work right away. If I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. P.S. Was it good enough to post this before? I got all the right ink off my hands. Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha ha. He calls himself Jack the Ripper. That's how he got his name. Mm-hmm. What a jerk. What a, this is, makes it way worse. This makes this guy suck. So he's like cocky. There's some arrogance there. Jack the Ripper. I want to call myself Jack. <laughs> so he, so he sends this letter. There's a, there's a lot in that letter. Yeah. So it's a local newspaper. First uh, says buckled. Yeah. Which I think means like pinched or uh, arrested. Uh, but he sends us his newspaper. The Central News Agency was kind of like known to be a sensationalist newspaper. They started, I think, like a year or two before this. So they're kind of like that grimy, like Weekly World News, like National Choir kind of thing. What, from what I understand, you remember Weekly World News? No, it was like in the in like the grocery store was like always there. And it was like Bat Boy. Oh, see, that was that was National Choir. Okay, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. Weekly World News. I don't know what happened to that, but I'm someone sure. gives birth to Bat Boy. Yeah, I remember that face? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Sends us to this specifically sends us to this newspaper. That's which that kind of jumped out at me. But the whole over the whole thing, like I'm assuming that this person's well educated. Maybe something, something, maybe a doc. Well educated for that time. But no, like that's not like for that time. Like if you're well educated, you're like you're well educated. Like again, <laughs> for that time, I'm saying it like a man of medicine. Yeah, so someone who'd studied medicine right. before, studied the body, based on the fact that they like the like the previous. Uh, autopsy report, like the gentleman doing it, said like this person has knowledge of of anatomy. Yeah. Not necessarily mean necessarily mean human anatomy, but for when I read this, I was like, this person doesn't sound too educated. Yeah, I'm a doctor, and I don't. I mean, I, uh, you know, a, not a, a medical doctor, mind yeah. you, for those who don't know. But I mean, read one of my emails. Or like again, I don't know who Charles Dickens is. I mean, I know who he is. I don't Charlie know what he does. D. You know, so let's let's uh, let's remember what education means these days. He keeps talking about the red ink. He wanted to save it. I'm, I'm assuming that means blood. Well, that's what he. I think what they this the police end up thinking is like he was trying to save the blood or like write this letter or future letters in blood. But he does say 
He sends us to the police. Well, it gets sent to the news agency, which then they send to the police. Who is it addressed to? It just says, Dear Boss. Okay. That's what I was wondering when he said boss. Yeah. So the police end up sending this out. Um, well, they send this out after a couple more things happen. Like, does anyone, can anyone identify this handwriting? Because the media are just like, this is stupid. Like, no, like, this is a hoax. But something is said in here. Next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ear off and send it to the police officers. So it was 19 days after the second killing. Do you, wait, do you have more thoughts on this letter? No. I think it's just pretty straightforward. Um, a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> a couple screws loose. So three days after the letter received by the newspaper, things escalate again. On September 30th, 1888, the bodies of two more women are found. Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes. Catherine Stride... A little timeline events here. Between 7 and 8 p.m., she leaves her lodging house after speaking with acquaintances. 11 p.m., two laborers running a bar. As they enter, the, they notice Elizabeth Stride leaving the pub with a short man who had a dark mustache and sandy eyelashes. What the sandy eyelashes? Like the coloring? Sandy? Like like a brownish? I guess. I mean, what's sand? Is a light brown? Yeah. Like actual beach sand? I don't know. Would they have different beach sand back then? Covered in sand. Isn't like a lot of the beaches in England like rocky? Or that's that's North yeah. New England, like the coastal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rocky. Yeah, I mean, there's sand, but like it's not like they dump sand like we do nowadays. <laughs> uh, the man was dressed in a billy cock hat. What the hell is oh, that? Oh, okay, is that a bowl? Is that like a bowler hat? I think so. Yeah, uh, I have a way better name for it. A suit and a coat. One of the men's uh, one of the men who saw these. His name's uh, Jay Best. Best recalled they had. Just been served inside the pub and left when we arrived. It was raining heavily and they seemed unwilling to go out. The man was embracing her intimately and kissing. Uh, given his respectable appearance, we were quite surprised by his behavior. Like that he was with this woman, that he was like showing this much PDA. Uh, stride and the man stood in the doorway for a while, hugging and kissing. The two men attempted to invite that man with for a drink, but he declined. They then called out to Stride saying, Leather Apron is pursuing you. Soon after 11, the man and Stride quickly walked away uh, towards a street. Uh, they hurried off like they've, like a shot before 11. A what? A shot, like a shot before 11. I don't know what that means. So anyways, uh, these two men, uh, Jay Best and John Gardner. These guys are lying. They, don't they, they, they see Elizabeth Stride with this man. They describe what he looks like. They're making out. They leave together. One of them shouts out, hey, be careful. Leather aprons pursuing you. And they just kind of disappear, for, at least for these men. Uh, around 11.45 p.m., a William Marshall sees her kissing a man on, on another street, close to where this was, at this bar was. Uh, he observes her conversing with a man wearing a black coat and a sailor's hat. It's a different hat. So, so for those who are not watching this, Jordan just winked at me when he said sailor's hat. <laughs> so it went from uh, surgery knife is a finger gun, winking, <laughs> sailor hats is a wink. Okay. Uh, sees a man wearing a black coat and a sailor's hat. They're embracing and behaving intimately. He overhears the man saying, you ut you'd utter anything except your prayers. You'd utter anything except your prayers. Now, is that like a, like a coy, like kind of... 
like a sexy kind of talk back then. It seems like it's or someone to some or someone to just be like just walk away from you. Like yeah, or he's saying like rather than saying please don't, you should be praying right now because I'm about to kill you. I don't know. Ah, that's reach. I don't know. That, that, that may be a reach right there. Uh, at twelve thirty-five a.m., police constable Smith sees stride with a man carrying a parcel wrapped in newspaper. The man was described as being twenty-eight, wearing a dark coat and a deerstalker hat. That was a deerstalker hat. It's like these, like uh, there's too many hats. Like a, there's too like, many hats. Yeah, it's like a what? Wait, it kind of looks like it reminds me of a Sherlock Holmes hat. Like it's I thought that was a bowler hat. No, but I've seen like a Sherlock Holmes like. Is that the hat with like the wings on them, like Uncle Eddie yeah, wears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but like it's like it's like it's like plaid looking. It's kind of like a big bowl, like uh, like a bowl shape on the top, but like has, it does have like the flappy things. I think on the side. I think I had to look it up. I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's for hunting. A deer, a deer stalker hat. Yeah. Uh, then around twelve forty-five a.m., Israel Schwartz. What is this? A man assaulting Stride, calling out Lipsky. Uh, Lipsky was an anti-Semitic insult. Named after a Jewish man named Lipsky who poisoned his wife. Okay. A year earlier. Uh, later at 1 a.m. So this guy's been called Leather Apron and Lipsky at this point. Or this person escorting this woman. Uh, no, so, yeah, the, the, the man assaulting uh, Elizabeth Stride heard that heard the man assaulting her call, yell Lipsky. Okay. So it's like a derogatory anti-Semitic. Okay. So he was, he was calling her that. Yes. Okay. Uh, this event, Israel witnesses that happening. Uh, later at 1 a.m., a Lewis. Oh, shoot. DM Schutz. DM Schutz enters a narrow yard between houses with his horse. His horse is startled and refuses to proceed. Wondering why, like, what or why, what's going on with this horse? He then discovers Stride's body, still warm, with her throat cut. Still warm? How does he know that? He touched it. It's crazy that you're talking about the size of this place and people are still riding horses. You're like, these are things that are real close together, race yeah, but, I mean, in there, and now we're riding a horse. Yeah, there's like main street. There's like a, like streets, like the, the like carriage drivers and stuff like Where's that. He, where does he put his horse at night? Where does he park that thing? I don't know. I think it's crazy. There's a whole, and people are talking about industries and like, again, I guess it goes back to me being interested in engineering and as far as like technology and things like that. But like, we had an entire industry for a long time that was dedicated to horses, like yeah. housing horses, yeah. fixing, like, you know, like taking care of them while the right. owner is in the bar. Like, yeah. and people are like, like motor transportation was used for like farming. Like, yeah. And I like, mean, like stables and like, there's like an yeah. entire industry of all these people. And then people are like, we can't change to electric cars. What are you crazy? <laughs> we can't change an industry like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it only been like a hundred years, yeah. man. Yeah. So it's important. All all the pictures of the man who was seen with Elizabeth are somewhat different, or a lot different, which kind of complicates like the police narrowing down the subs this a suspect. Uh, her autopsy indicated that she had died from a single incision to her throat, severing her left corded artery, carotid, carotid, carotid artery. Uh, the wound was so deep and clean. Oh, sorry, the wound was deep and clean, suggesting it was inflicted with a sharp pointed knife. The lack of extensive mutilation. Surgical knife? Finger gun? Yeah. Okay. The lack of extensive mutilation in her murder distinguishes her from the other victims, obviously, because she just her throat was just cut. It is believed 
that the fact that there weren't any other mutilations on the body was done unintentionally, like he wanted to do more to this woman. But the man with his horse, Lewis, he believed Jack was still in the area when he found the body. It interrupted it. Yep. Okay. Due to that, his horse's behavior and the body was still warm. So Jack was perhaps interrupted by this man. So he heard the horse coming yep. and was like, oh, crap. Yep. And just like jigs up. Took gotta off. Go. Yeah. So then Catherine Eddowes, remember this is the same night. Uh, this is kind of like her timeline. 8 p.m. She's arrested for being drunk and passed out in the street. Again, like this is something. They're arresting people for that? I thought they just pass out the street everywhere. Uh, I guess there's a crowd surrounded around her. So maybe it was like causing a scene like, oh, you're being disruptive. But you're passed out. I don't know. 1 a.m. Gotcha. So she gets arrested. 1 a.m. She's released for being sober. And the constable at Rooster knows that she's going in the direction, rather than going in the direction of where she was staying, she's going in the direction of where she was found passed out. She's going, like, rather than, like, go home. You seem sober, go home. And she goes back. She goes back to, like, in the direction of where she was found passed out. They got her up, Mm -hmm. I guess, from where she was passed out. Yeah. And they say go home, but does she instantly just turn around? <laughs> no, no, no. So they got her up, put her in jail. Oh. At 8 p.m., they picked her up. At 1 a.m., they released her. Like, she's sober okay. now. You can go home. Gotcha. That was a kind of a common Makes thing. Sense. Rather than getting like a ticket, like, we'll just bring you in to sober up. Gotcha. So don't hurt so you. Okay. You don't remember us. Uh, 1.35 a.m., Joseph Lond, Lawand, Joseph Hyam Levy, and Harry Harris exit a bar. They observe Catherine Eddowes talking to a man. She stands facing him with her body with her hand resting on his chest, but not in a manner, manager, manner suggesting resistance. So she, they see him as you're touching some dude's chest. Long describes the man as approximately 30 years old, 5 feet 7 inches tall, fair complexion, and sporting a medium build. He wears a loosely fitted pepper and salt colored jacket, a gray cloth cap, and a matching peak, with a matching peak on the cap, and a reddish handkerchief knotted around his neck. Overall, they say he believes the beer appears to be a sailor. Are you going to give me another finger gun? Or no, that's a <laughs> wink. 145 a.m., a constable finds Catherine's body. Her autopsy revealed that she died due to a deep slash across her throat, severing her windpipe and major blood vessels. Much of her face had been severely cut, including her face and legs. Sorry, much of her face had been cut, and most, a lot of her body has been cut severely around the face, like part of her nose is hanging off. Her thighs are cut up. Uh, she had been cut vertically open on the front of her body and laid down her pelvis up through her chest. Her left kidney had, and a portion of her uterus were removed by the killer. Also, a piece of her ear was removed. Mm. So, okay. So, is she, she's cut. Were the other ones cut up in the face? Not in the face, no. So, this is like a new step. They're like, there's bruises. Okay, so now he's cutting them instead of beating them in the face. Yeah, I mean, he'd been cutting them, but yeah, in the face, yes. Okay, so he's this is another step in that. He's still doing it the seems same. Like it's escalating. It yeah, it seems like it's bowling. escalating each time. Okay. So yeah, a piece of her ear was removed. Uh, since the dear boss letter mentions that the next victim had a severed ear, the police take it as well. The author seriously. This is when they start sending out. They they have the newspapers. Uh, Publish the letter, hoping that someone would recognize the handwriting. So day after this, on October 1st, 1888, a postcard arrived at the Central News Agency, the same place that was uh, that the first letter went to. It's named the Saucy Jack Postcard. Saucy Jack Postcard. Nice. 
Wait, wait, wait. I thought he was Jack the Ripper. But they call the Saucy Jack postcard, I think, because of what he says in it. Okay. I was not cotting, so I'm kidding, dear old boss, when I gave you the tip. You hear about you hear about Saucy Jack's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit. Couldn't finish straight off. Ha, not the time to get ears for police. Thanks for keeping that last letter back till I got to work again, Jack the Ripper. This is apparently written in the same handwriting. So he does call himself Saucy Jack. And Jack the Ripper. Yeah. It's not just making crap up. He's yeah. just throwing all kinds of names out there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, there, there's another letter that comes along with which I, why I got these two confused. Um, yeah, this is written in the same handwriting. Then October 16th, 1888, George Lusk. So I think after the first or second murder or that were that were identified as being done by a serial killer, uh, a vigilante group forms, like in Whitechapel, because people are starting to get like kind of impatient with the police, not really coming up with anything. So on October 16th, 1888, George Lusk, who's the head of this vigilante group, uh, receives a letter at his home with a piece of a uh, human kidney in it. This is named the from hell letter letter. How do you know it was with a piece of kidney or that it was human kidney? Nice. So the letter starts off saying from hell, Mr. Lusk, sore or sir, I send you half the kidney. I took from one woman and preserved it for you. Other piece. I fried and ate it. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out. You only wait a while longer. Signed, catch me if you can. <laughs> now the Leo called. Now the Leo. There he is. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Lusk. So that parcel of kidneys is believed to belong to Catherine Eddowes. Uh, because I think the coroner looked at it and said, like, this could possibly could have been from her body. Was she missing part of her yeah. kidney? Okay. Uh, but the handwriting doesn't match the previous two on this one. He doesn't call himself Jack Ripper. Yeah. But also... What did he what did he say in there again? Uh I so said you have the kidney I took from one woman and preserved it for you. Yeah, so this one it they it, it was it was um wrapped like it was soaking in wine. Okay. Kidney was like preserve it. Gotcha. And he fried and ate part of it as well. Who did? Jack the Ripper. Okay. Saying. He said that in the letter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I fried it and ate it. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out, but only if you wait a while longer. Sign catch me if you can, Mr. Lusk. Catch you if you can. Catch me if I can. That's that's a that's Leo. Yeah, right there. He's still he's still you know. I was in our I was in our hearts. Uh, but yeah, again, these these three are the most notable. Uh, but yeah, this one was not in the same handwriting. It's not until number eighth, eighteen eighty eight, that the next murder, Mary Jane Kelly, the murder of Mary Jane Kelly happens. What was the date on that again? November 9th. So there was a significant amount of time between the the last one was the the double one. On um, sorry, September it's still help happening so quickly. The first one was in August, right? And this is November. Yeah, so the first two were only a week apart. The second two were the same night, but this one, the second two were on September thirtieth. So this one had there's like a significant amount of time maybe between the two girls that previously died and this one because this is November 9th now. Now there's some letters that came in, but again, <clears throat> it's believed that these weren't written. Like one might not have been written by Jack Ripper. He's got he's got to get some time to he, yeah. he needs to decompress, right? 
Maybe he had a double shift. You know, he ain't got time for that. <laughs> got murdering to do. Yeah, he's a man about town. Yeah. He's got bills to pay. Bowler hats and what are those, the, the the other, the deer soccer hat? Deer soccer, yeah, yeah. So not again until November 9th, 1888. So it's all in the same same year, all in the same season. Oh, that's why I call it Autumn of Terror. So hers, this poor one uh, stands out much more than the other victims. Not much is known about her life, her past, and even her time in Whitechapel is mostly based on a man that knew her and lived with her. He was either a friend or a boyfriend. His name is Joseph Barnett. Because they know that they lived together for quite a bit of time. They had a falling out. Uh, I believe it started from an argument because they were sharing a room. And apparently Mary Kelly kept inviting other women to stay with her. Other prostitutes to stay with her just to help him out. But he's like, I don't want to do this. It's one single room. We have the one bed. So he's kind of annoyed by this. So he ends up leaving. Gets his own place, but they still kept in contact. He still was helping her pay her rent. For, the, for that room. That's one, kind of the one that sticks out. I was like, not really know, much to know about her past other than what this man has to say. Uh, the second thing is that the way she was murdered and the state in which her body was found. So these other ones are, you know, gruesome, but this one's much more gruesome than the others. Also, unlike the, the other women who were found outside in the middle of the street or an alley, this was done inside a room. Like inside. In, so it wasn't outside. It, it was, was outside. inside. And, this, and the fact that she was living alone probably allowed the, the, the killer to have more time to do what he did to her. So this is this lady that was helping other prostitutes. Yeah. Okay. So and then, I've seen like people say, oh, it wasn't necessarily that Barnett was mad that she was helping all these other prostitutes. It was, he's mad that like he might have actually had feelings for her. They actually were boyfriend and girlfriend, but she might have also been uh, a lesbian. And he didn't like the fact that like, like this is going on because he loved her. I've seen it's been various things, but uh, regardless, they have an argument and he moves out. So she's living in this place alone. So she's living in this place alone. Her murder was much more gruesome than the other ones. Uh, she was seen multiple times the night before in the morning of. She's out at one point trying to get money for rent, which is common theme. Common theme, unfortunately, for these women. One of the most notable signs. Uh, being when she was seen with a stout man, fully dressed, around five half feet tall, with an orange mustache and a blotchy face. Orange mustache. Orange mustache. What about the eyebrows? Are they sandy? Was it a sandy mustache? Was it? <laughs> mus- it seems mustache? like every time you bring up bring up like a like the you know the kind of last scene mm-hmm. with this type, it seems like they're all a little different. Yes. Yeah. Which is what is. Ultimately confuses the hell okay. out of all these inspectors and people today. Like, there's no like, they seem to be generally around the same height, but like, there's the clothes they're describing, the, their facial hair, even like this person has a blotchy face. One has an orange mustache, the other guy has like a black mustache. One has sandy eyebrows. Like, these conflicting reports. Like, again, if these are women who are actually prostitutes, they're trying to make money. They could have been seen with different men at different times by different people who are just like, were Johns, you know, like guys trying to gotcha get some. Uh, this was around midnight that this man was seen. The other being around 2 a.m., a witness sees a man and Kelly exchange words. Kelly says, all right. The man says, you'll be all right for what I have told you. I don't know what that can mean. And the two walk away together. This man has a pale complexion, slight upturned mustache, dark hair, dark eyes, bushy eyebrows, and is of Jewish appearance. 
The man wears a felt hat, a long dark coat, a uh, white collar, and black necktie with a horseshoe pin. He carries a small package and kid gloves. He's around five six, five seven tall. He's around 35 to 36 years old. So could this be uh, the xenophobia coming back in too? That's in I, some case. I, yeah, I do think that's like a lot of this, like, like the Jewish appearance thing. Um, or it actually, this, you know, the Jacker was actually a Jewish yeah, yeah, person. Yeah. That, but I mean, yeah, yeah. It seems like there's too many, there's, there's a lot yeah. of like different sightings. It seems like nothing's reliable. No. Yeah. It's like, 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 I know some of these people are on their way to work, but I guess I'm assuming some of these people might have been in their own right drunk. Right. And be like, and oh, that's, yeah. That's uh, another thing. Uh, it's nighttime, yeah, 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 not, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Night, yeah. not in a city that's lit up very well. Right. So these all very, it seems kind of unreliable sources. Not necessarily because of the people themselves, but like what, it's the fact that they're all very different. I, and I, at this time, inspectors really don't have like the way inspectors work now are like investigators work now is there's a very fine like the way you question people we know like through data we know what people say when they're with witnessing yeah, the crash I mean, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of examples of like like they, they were very thorough like i i was kind of the impression like they're just like oh would you see and like okay thank you they're going on business but like no they were very very thorough uh like scotland scotland yard gets involved not just the white chapel police but like, but like the way they ask people and like keep on asking like the way they ask the they questions follow, yeah. of like yeah the questions are we reworded like we do this research and, and stuff like that the way you right. word a question and so in, investigators do the same thing the way they word stuff yeah they word a question, they word it again, and they, they do it like, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of what they call that, but we do it in research, whenever we do research, the way you word something so that you can, the questions are completely, or look sound different, but they give you the same answer. Oh, the yeah, same category. yeah, 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 right, 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 right. Um, so, so we're like, yeah. so, but I know today, like in today's world, we've learned a lot about that type of stuff and how investigators work. Yeah. Obviously, we don't have DNA evidence and yeah. stuff like. I mean, but there is forensics, like the the idea of like blood spatters and stuff like that, and like they are being thorough, but not maybe they're like their 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 education of like criminal criminal profiling or psychological profiling is clearly not a thing back then. But it's not that they're not um, not doing their due, not due diligence. Enough. or yeah. yeah, they're asking. They're doing it the best they can at this point. Sure. In history. Yeah. Uh, her body was found on November 9th at 10.45 a.m. by her landlord's assistant. Now, he couldn't get into the room because it was locked from the inside. Apparently, there is, uh, according to Josh uh, Barnett, there's a window next to the door that they would use, if they forgot a key, they would use to go in to unlock the, like, latch the door. So they should go inside. <clears throat> but the landlord's assistant is going to go in. He goes and tells the landlord, landlord contact the police. But he's going there to collect rent. So the police get there. They find that she was disemboweled. Several organs in both breasts were removed and placed under her body. Her throat was cut to her vertebrae. Her face was cut beyond recognition. And massive amounts of blood were everywhere. There's there's a photograph. Like, they, they had photography back there. So there's photographs of, like, all these victims' bodies. And, like, this is, like, even though it's, like, grainy and, like, no, not HD or anything, like 4K, but, like, you can tell, like, the, ugh. I mean, the quality of images back then was, I mean, it was, when you say HD, like yeah. HD just, I mean, it was finer quality in some cases. Like yeah, the yeah, way yeah, yeah, yeah. Photography works, not, especially not, back then. For example, it's not in color, but like yeah. you can tell like it wasn't, it wasn't good. It was rough. Yeah. It was rough to look at. Uh, I took Joseph Barnett, this man that she was friends with her boyfriend with, uh, to identify her and he's only able to do so because of her 
one eye that was left based on her eye color and like smaller other things. And in fact, the fact that she's in the room. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure, yeah. That room specifically. Yeah, duh, thank you. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, but already by this time, this is not only national news, but international news. Like, this is getting in the United States. The United States are like, uh, newspapers are like writing stories about this. They're running, uh, they're drawing cartoons about like the police, like trying to figure out who the suspect is and all this stuff. Uh, people and, and uh, residents in this area, as long as people and people in London overall have become very critical of the police as well as newspapers. Newspapers are uh, draw, making these drawings of a police officer blinded, symbolizing they don't know what they're doing and stuff like that. They're just being all around critical. But so again, like goofing on the police yeah, that they're like, like, hey, they're you like, can't solve this. Yeah. Right. So again, this is like the, the, the vigilante committee is a result of all this. But the Whitechapel police, along with police from Scotland Yard, interviewed thousands of people, uh, detained dozens, and offered $500 pound reward during this time. That equals around $80,000 today. When I did like one of those inflation calculator things. But he never got a, a definitive person. There were people that were detained, that people that later came in into the police department in the Whitechapel. Like, oh, that was definitely one of the murderers or a murder, like the or Jack the Ripper. But the police at the time didn't have any definitive evidence be like, this is, this is the killer. The assumptions of the assumptions. On, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, like, they, like I know they're not, might not be to our, our today's standards, but like they kept files and the people were like, we need to watch this person. Cause like, yeah, we don't, we don't have evidence on them, but there's something there possibly. Uh, the police believe that the suspect is probably a butcher, a slaughter, a physician, or a surgeon based on how precisely and quickly he was able to form the killings. I think the the butcher is what I keep coming back to. Okay. Is that this guy has to be? I mean, a butcher would be the most make the most sense. Yeah, that he can remove things so cleanly, right? Because his job. Surgeons back then were they chopping off a leg during war? <laughs> like, I mean, they're not like no, they're, they're they're performing surgeries. They're, I mean, they're, like, they're, they're, of, they're like cutting open people and like yeah. I mean, but I'm saying they're like, like that, doing well, stuff like that. At our level, I'm, I'm just talking strictly from what we have now, right? Like the, okay. the, the idea of like laparoscopic surgery and the ability yeah. to go in and do small, like these guys are like there are obviously there are yeah, but they also have the, not surgeons, they have the tools also, in order to right. do something precise like that. But I think like a butcher will be the one that could do it quickly. So there you go, man. Because a surgeon's like gonna do it cleanly precisely a butcher's like i gotta do it quickly yeah and precisely yeah but again we're not experts i'm not an expert so the, the common theme here is the necks of the victims were throat or cuts victims throats were cut from left to right the bodies were cut open in an efficient manner organs were removed and the bodies were often still somewhat warm when they were found this is all done publicly so the murderer had would almost have to have some kind of anatomical knowledge to quickly do something like that so that could be a butcher, a surgeon, a uh, slaughterer, physician. Uh, Queen Victoria herself weighed in on, on this, saying she believed the murder could be a butcher or a cattle drover from cattle boats between London and Europe due to the murder pattern in Whitechapel. So the regular docking of these boats came on Thursdays and Fridays near London, the London docks. So a lot of these happened either the first of the month, end of the month, or close to the weekend. So she's thinking, like, based on the, like, the shipping or like the ship schedules coming in and out by some of these like cattle or um or butchers meant that this person was coming in on the weekends doing this stuff and leaving 
on these boats. What if it was Queen Victoria? What if she was Jack the Ripper? She's like all bored in the castle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go mess some stuff up yeah. in the streets. They uh, catch her like coming in the window like, oh, crap. Jigs up. <laughs> there are one of the suspects are is, has something to do with Queen Victoria herself. Nice. Wait, it is it, like it has to do with her or is her? Thank you for being with us here today as we looked at the mystery of who was Jack the Ripper. Unfortunately, due to the length of this episode, we have decided to cut into two parts. The conclusion, part two, will be released next week on YouTube and the podcast platform of your choice. If you're watching on YouTube and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. It really helps us out. If you're listening on a podcast feed, please give us a follow. Leave us a comment as it also helps us out. Again, thank you so much for being with us here today, and we look forward to seeing you next week in part two of Who Was Jack the Ripper? As always, stay mysterious.